0: The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network. This week's special edition of Destino, a New Japan Pro Wrestling podcast, is brought to you by the recently updated HTM Podcast Network online, hittingthemarks.com. Also brought to you by HaMean Media. Two feeds for your listening pleasure, HackerHameen.Podbean.com and HameenMediaGroup.Podbean.com. We're also available over at the PW Hustle, PW Networks.podbeam.com and syndicated by our friends over at NDPW.com and the Rational Rage Network. You can find Destino wherever you listen to your favorite podcast be it Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify, Pandora, Amazon, Apple, Google, or iHeartRadio. On today's show, I'm joined by Paz from the two-man power trip to talk about the semifinals and finals of the New Japan Cup. Then for our second segment, I'm joined by longtime co-host John Enright to talk about the big Will Osprey and Bea Priestly angle from the finals and the outrage that has ensued. Less to get into on this week's episode, but first, my friends from Down Under, this is Knife Party. You blocked me on Facebook. Gotta look at I am back with Paz from the two man power trip Paz, Welcome. This is your first time on Destino. And man, I got to tell you, I'm really looking forward to this conversation.
3: Thank you for having me. Appreciate you inviting me on.
0: Um, I guess be, before we, we jump into things, go ahead and tell people about the two man power trip, what you got going on over there at Patreon. And uh, then we'll talk about what a badass Shingo Takagi is.
3: All right. Thank you. Uh, so you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Two Man Power Trip. The Patreon is patreon.com backslash TMPT Empire. Got stuff from Dr. Tom, Dr. Pritchard, of course. Got stuff from Kevin Sullivan, Dirty Dutch Mantel. To also do a show with PJ, not only the AEW Review Show, which is on Vince Russo's Patreon, but the Pro Wrestling 101 series, which is very, very good. And he's got a great mind for the business. I also do a show with Rick Bassman called Talking Tough. So many other stuff I got going on, like Business of the Business podcast with Lavi Margolin, which is great. I've got my own interview series, John Paws Versus, which can be heard on Vince Russo's The Brand. Also, my other interview series is just basically a flagship show. I do an interview one a week, and then I do a feature show, which is usually shorter in length also. Um, So it's about uh, 10 or so podcasts going on during the week. It's a lot, but just go to TMPTEmpire.com for more.
0: I tell you what, man, I get up to around like, you know, three or four, and I'm just like, I got to back off a little bit. I've, I've been doing too much. And then you got Paz over here doing like 10 of them. Jeez. I mean, like, I didn't
3: even do an episode of Destino for like six weeks, man. <laughs> hey, it's crazy. I know uh, Vince Russo uh, jokingly said I was the hardest working man in podcasting, and ben, ben Hameen took offense to it. He was not happy about it. I know I got some heat for that. Yeah. Well, you know,
0: you don't want to fuck around with ha 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 me, man. You get a $5 face slap, put you right back in your place. Mm. it yes. happens ask big ray about True. that one yeah yeah there's a video of big ray getting the five dollar face slap never want to go there that- oh did he pay for it i did he pay for it of phone course phone? he did he's such a mark he's the mark uh, of the masses for god's sake <laughs> <laughs> i always enjoy it when i can get pause to laugh because he's one of the more serious people that we have on destino so we'll see how many times i can make pause yes. laugh over the course of this episode yeah. Uh, We're we're here to talk New Japan Cup. We're going to talk about the semifinal matches, then we're going to get into the final, and then we're going to get into the bullshit because there is a whole lot of bullshit going on around the the finals of the New Japan Cup, and I'm pretty sure everybody knows exactly what I'm talking about. But we got to start things off Saturday, March 20th, as Will Ospreay ends Cinderella's run through the New Japan Cup. David Finley falling to Will Ospreay. 21 minutes and 4 seconds to a stormbreaker. Um, you know, pause. Last week when I was on here with Mighty Joe Moran, uh, I made some comments about Will, Will Osprey, and uh, evidently Will Osprey took them very, very seriously because I, I accused Osprey of working as a babyface again. I accused Osprey of doing too much of the flippy floppy and everybody cheer for me and the pandering to the crowd. It, Poor David Finley. I I'm sorry, David Finley. I didn't mean to get in Osprey's head like that. I didn't mean to tell him he was a terrible human being. I didn't mean to bring Dickhead Osprey back out, but boy, Dickhead Osprey showed up. What what did you think of the matchup with Finley?
3: Very good. I was actually shocked the match before that, where how he beat Jay White. Very, very surprised. Like you said, Cinderella story for Finley for sure. Very, very good match. I feel like Osprey did hear you, and uh, he did. You know, to totally, totally heal it up and brought his game back to a different level. He's just unbelievable, though, Osprey to me, because, you know, you think you can go one direction with him. He'd be like great baby face. But no, he's very, very uh, keen on being this big time heel for New Japan. I love him. I just think he's just a great athlete, great wrestler. He's one of the few guys when you do that flippity floppity crap. He actually is one of the few guys I like that does it well. So even when he does do it, even you know maybe being a heel don't need to do it as much, but even when he does do it, I don't mind it as much cuz he's so damn good at it. The other guys who I see a lot in AEW are not quite as good or as sharp as him. So it kind of pisses me off that they're not on that level. I feel like if you're going to do that stuff, he's the guy that that can do it and get away with it. He's very very good. How long have you been watching Osprey matches? Uh
0: probably I want to say maybe five or six years or so, maybe, I'm trying to think. Okay, we're, we're, we're pretty much right in line as far as when we started watching Osprey. And I, I feel like the reason that we feel that way about Osprey is because we saw him five years ago. We saw him six years ago when everybody was saying, Will, you're so athletic. You're so good. You just got to slow down a little bit, man. You're you're going to kill yourself. You got to let things breathe a little bit. Just Just let the moves actually sit in. And I feel like that's what he's really done with his style over the course of the last five or six years. And watching that progression... I think that's why we think Osprey is so much better at it than what some of these other guys are, where they just haven't learned yet. you got
3: to slow down a little bit. Yep, you got to slow down. you got to sell a little bit. Use some psychology. But he's just one of those guys that's like, my God, his athleticism is insane. Just the stuff he could do. And you're just kind of surprised at it sometimes. But I just hate some of those other guys when, when they try to almost imitate him, I feel like. They're almost imitating him and Ricochet and what they were able to accomplish, and they just don't do it as well. Yeah, back, back, way back when, when Will
0: Osprey was yep. a junior. Yeah, that yeah. It, yep. the the match that invented
3: dot dot dot
0: dive. I mean, <laughs> that I, I think that's actually where Randy Orton came up with that from. Was that that uh, best of super juniors yes. final? Yes. Uh, David Finley, on the other hand, I mean, number one, I'm astounded that David Finley is in this position. Uh, and I, I said last week, I should have saw it coming because there was no way they wanted to do Will Osprey and Jay White yet. So that part makes sense to me. Uh, what did you think of Finley making it to the semifinals? And where are you at with David Finley? I mean, it's crazy that Finley and switchblade were in the same class and looking at where they are inside of the company is Finley stock rising, or is this kind of like a, a one-time Cinderella kind of thing?
3: I like ghetto sometimes with the new Japan cup, he'll throw in some big time surprises, some Cinderella stories just to throw you off. Uh, like Kevin Sullivan always says, be unpredictable, Don't fall into a pattern. Don't always push the same guy at the same time. So I feel like that's what he was doing with the booking there and changing it up a little bit. I like Finley. I think Jay White, though, as far as that class, he's above him for sure. He's definitely better. Um, not even just as a as a worker, but just overall character. He's been able to really own it. I mean, he's been great, great heel and, and a great worker regardless. But I feel like he's really been able to own his character. David Finley's getting there. I feel like he's so much better than when I first saw him many, many years ago. Much improved. Definitely getting into, you know, maybe shaping into his own. He's getting there. But um, I felt like you, when you said before Cinderella story, I was like, yeah, this is like upset central as far as him beating Jay White. But now that you say that, it kind of makes sense because you don't want Jay White um, versus Will Ospreay yet. Wait, save that for a big show, tease that, build that up a little bit, then have that match. You don't want to just have that in a a tournament and waste it. So I do like the fact that, that they did that. But also, I knew that Finley wasn't going to win either, or I didn't think so. Yeah. Well, I didn't think he was going to beat Yoshihashi, let alone
0: beat Switchblade Jay White, you know? So the whole Finley thing kind of came out of nowhere to me.
3: I I guess my question, do you watch much Impact? A little bit. I don't really watch it as much because I don't have the channel, so if I can get it on YouTube... Then I'll watch it on YouTube and stuff. It's a lot of clips and things like that, though.
0: I mean, because I, of course Finn Juice currently the Impact Tag Team Champions, which is is why I bring up Impact Wrestling. But I've been seeing a lot of Finley since the restart, whether it be between New Japan of America and New Japan Strong, whether it be on Impact Wrestling, and I do feel like something is clicking with Finley. I'm not quite sure what. I, it helps that he's not doing the stupid mustache anymore. Um, I, I I'm just not sure. I feel like he's going to be that perennial tag team guy. Like I, I could see Finn Juice still being a thing like
3: five years from now. Happens to some of those New Japan tag teams uh, for sure. I mean, how many years is Rocky Romero? <laughs> you know, a uh, tag champ or for the junior division, really. But you know how long and how many different partners? Kozlov comes in. Uh, th- this guy comes in. I mean, he had so many different things. That could be his role. He is good. He is getting there. I feel like those guys, those Gaijins, if you will, that come from the dojo always end up being good. I mean, maybe in, in a lesser role, but I feel like they always end up finding their stride and always end up being pretty damn good in the end. Just that system, man. I mean, just, they just always have home runs. They always have winners. Maybe he won't be a main eventer. Maybe Juice will kind of surpass him because I see the more charisma fr- from Juice, and, and I like that team. But uh, Dave Finley right now, I'd probably just like taper him off. Uh, Impact Tag Team Champ is fine, you know, and, and stuff like that. But let's just not um, give him the, uh, the Jay White push as of yet. Well, we'll go ahead and bring it up
0: before I forget. Jeff Cobb is teasing a new member of the United Empire coming up at Sakura Genesis. Um, one of the names that we we haven't been throwing around, and I can't believe I didn't think of this, Juice Robinson. I, I'm down for Juice Robinson to turn heel And go hang out with Will Ospreay, the same guy that he was hanging out with the entire time they were on quarantine in the UK together. And, you know, he ended up somehow winning the lottery and hooking up with Tony Storm. Oh, lucky bastard. I didn't realize that. What a lucky bastard. Nice. I know. Right. Like, my God, (laughs) Tony Storm, like your standard for men is way too low, honey. Like you can do better than juice.
3: What do you think, though? Like, let's say it's not a guy that's in New Japan. Are they kind of saying it's going to be somebody brand new, somebody's returning, or are they saying it, it could be anybody? Because I kind of thought when I, when I mentioned this to you originally, I kind of thought that he was going to be like a surprise guy, like maybe a Marty Skrull or something like that. I was just wasn't sure who they were kind of intimating. But is it definitely going to be an outsider or could it be Juice or somebody from inside New Japan?
0: At this point, all we know it is X. It's the secret weapon, which because I mean, to me, the name that I really want to see join the United Empire is Gabriel Kidd. I think Gabriel Kidd would be uh, great to fill in as the junior for the United Empire. The personality lines up, the countrymen, whole thing all lines up. That seems like the logical one. But when I think of Gabriel Kidd, I don't think of the secret
3: weapon. Yeah, maybe not even Marty Skrull either, because it it would almost intimate, like you were saying, like a heavy hitter, like a heavy right. weight or somebody bigger, uh, like a Michael Elgin or something. Maybe you're bringing him back into the fold.
0: Yeah, that that could be an interesting one. Uh, the other name that I have kind of floated around is Carl Fredericks, uh, mm. and and I know Carl Fredericks is doing kind of the whole lone wolf gimmick in New Japan of America. <coughs> Excuse me, and that's really cool, but. If he is going to get into New Japan, obviously we know everybody basically runs with a faction of some kind. And he is currently dating Jamie Hayter, who happens to be a Priestley's old, current, I'm not sure, because she hasn't gotten back into the country yet, tag team partner over in Stardom. So you, you can draw lines to Osprey that way as well.
3: I kept hearing rumors of Andrade and they, that Sombra was going to come back. I don't think that he necessarily fits in with that group, especially he could be in uh, Los Ignorables, if you will, or you know, in, in another faction, maybe even go back to them. But I just, I just don't see him in United Empire. But I did hear that rumor that floating out there that it could be Andrade, La Sombra.
0: I mean, I I could see it, but I guess my problem when I think of La Sombra he's very much the same kind of character Osprey is. Like, I feel like that would be having two alphas in the room, and I don't think mm. that works, um, which is also kind of my my holdup of La Sombra going to ROH, too. Like, the dynamic between La Sombra and Roosh at this
3: point would be very different than it was when La Sombra left. For sure. Yeah, now they're kind of like the two lead dogs. You don't need two lead dogs. You kind of, in a faction, you need... The leader and then the other guys fall into their place uh like the Jeff Cobb role he's the enforcer he's like the tough guy so yeah I don't know if uh Sombra maybe fits in with them either man I don't even know who it could be now I'm thinking about it I honestly I know Elgin has his problems and maybe he won't be allowed back in New Japan but I would if I was him I would do Elgin I would love to see Elgin and Cobb together and I'd love to see them be a team almost be like uh yeah. Her, when Hercules and Norton were like the drastic uh, powers or something <laughs> like they kind of would be like a nice, uh, hard hitting, stiff, big guy, heavyweight tag team. I'm
0: trying to remember. I know that there was heat between Michael Elgin and Tama Tonga for a while, um, but when Elgin left New Japan, wasn't there some kind of heat on Elgin when he left? Because his last run over there was really good. Intercontinental champion
4: level.
3: Yeah, he was really good. I'm trying to think, did he say that a, a couple of guys weren't as good of workers as him? Didn't he get in trouble for a bad-mouthing somebody and somebody released the text messages or something? I think, I think I that sworn. was Tama. What?
0: I think that was the heat oh, that okay. went down with Tama Tonga. But I thought there was something else, too. But maybe I'm just like confusing that with the speaking out movement and uh, allegations against Michael Elgin
3: over the years. I'm not sure now. Now, I come to think of it, he might have said something about Jeff Cobb, how he was better than Jeff Cobb, but I don't remember exactly. Oh, well, that, that's
0: just not true, Mike Elgin. I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, it, if, if if you're having an NFL-style draft at this point in their careers, you're clearly taking Jeff Cobb over Mike Elgin, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, Jeff Cobb's a freak, man. That guy is something else. And it's funny. Have, have you met Jeff Cobb?
3: No, interviewed him a couple of years ago, but never
0: met him. He's like the coolest, most laid back dude ever. And that's why I think the Empire thing works because now he's got a mouthpiece. He doesn't have to talk because as soon as he opens his mouth, he's like freaking Matt Riddle. He's just like cool, laid back, whatever, man. Yep. You know?
3: I, I do like him, though. He's a perfect, like, New Japan, uh, strong style guy. Suplex guy, you know what I mean? Like just throw Steiner Brothers esque. Just throw guys around, pick them up, toss them, throw them around. Love that kind of guy Jin style. Strong style, but of, of the guy Jin.
0: The athleticism, the 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 lucha influence that comes through in Jeff Cobb, too. I mean, yep. just incredible, incredible stuff. Uh let let's shift, let's talk about your uh second Semifinal of the evening, Shingo Takagi defeats Evil 22 minutes and 43 seconds with The Last of the Dragon. I could not believe. Kevin Kelly said this was the first time these two guys had actually squared off in a singles match, which just seemed incredible to me as long as they had been around and, of course, the whole Evil leaving LIJ thing. Shingo goes in here to get a little bit of redemption for LIJ and, sure enough, takes out Evil 22 minutes, 43 seconds. I mean, it's an Evil match. I feel like at this point, if there's nobody in New Japan more, maybe Yano, where you're like, oh, you're going to go have a Yano match. You're going to go have an evil match. Like all of evil's matches just feel the same to me. And I'm just, I'm bored.
3: Wasn't uh, as good as I thought, because, you, you know, as soon as Shingo gets put in any kind of match it's like match of the year quality. You know what I mean? He's just one of those guys like Okada is not maybe not right now with the injuries stuff, but it's one of those guys you put him in a match like, Oh man, I got, I'm going to look forward to this one. I, I want to watch this guy wrestle and evil. I don't know. He kind of, I thought maybe you could bring him up to that level, but I guess it's hard to, to do that. It wasn't as, as good. A, it wasn't a Shingo level. Let's put it that way. Match. This is, this might be the worst match that Shingo's had
0: this year. And it's just Mm -hmm. because he was out having an evil match. Like, you got to go and you got to deal with Dick Togo. You got to deal with the ref bumps. You got to deal with low blow. You got to deal with all this bullshit. And that's not what makes Shingo cool.
3: Evil. um, I kind of like him. I'm just surprised that he was obviously the IWGP champion and the continental champion. I was just surprised by that. That's one of those things, I guess, to throw you a curveball. I I like him. uh, But like you said... I don't think he's at the level of, of uh, the other top guys, Shingo
0: included. I guess the other thing that we haven't talked about from this show, as of yet, actually happened on the undercard. It was an earthquake. Paz, you ever been watching a show and had an earthquake just happen in the middle of it? That was the craziest damn thing I think
3: I've ever seen. That was insane. You almost think it's like camera worker, like they're doing something. They're like, I don't know, some sort of screwed up, but like, eh, and it wouldn't make. Uh, sense or that's a weird placement in the match to start screwing around or whatever they do. But yeah, that was weird. Like, uh, kind of surreal, kind of scary too. Was like, holy shit, what the fuck is going on over there? I th- the thing that
0: I enjoyed the most about it was, of course, Switchblade Jay White, um, <laughs> just being an absolute dick when it came time to to restart the matches. But now we, we saw Jay walking around with all the titles, and Jay has now come out and said that he wants to be four belt Jay. What do you think of a quad belt J? He wants the the United States championship. He wants to, to win the world's heavyweight championship and then split it back into two belts because he actually likes the Intercontinental Championship. Oh, yeah, and Tanahashi, I beat you in the New Japan Cup, so maybe I want that
3: Never title now, too. I'm all for it. I like it. I like when guys win multiple belts, Be belt collectors, and really just uh, cement themselves as, as a top guy. I don't know if he needs it necessarily because I think he already is a top guy, but that would be pretty cool. Uh, pretty good bragging rights, too. Well, I, the, the two things that really
0: stood out to me, number one, if you're going to give me Switchblade Jay White versus John Moxley for the United States championship, yes, I absolutely want to see that matchup. And number two is this whole story. Not, this is what I think they're really building to. It's going to be the never-open-weight champion Hiroshi Tanahashi defending against Switchblade Jay White. They're trying to elevate this damn never title. I guess my question to you is, is it worth it? Because the Never title still feels to me below both of these guys, even though it's now the number two belt in New Japan.
3: Very, very weird they keep trying to push that title. I I don't get it. I don't understand it. It was never gonna be, you know, <laughs> never was never gonna be a, a a top belt for them. I just I'm not feeling it. I'm not seeing it. And it does. It doesn't really bring those guys down, but it's just weird, you know. Like when certain guys fight for titles that are like beneath them, it's like, um, like Sting and Hogan fighting for the TV title or something. And be like, eh, this kind of doesn't really right. make sense. It's beneath two main event guys to be fighting over the NEVER title. I know Tanahashi isn't quote, quote unquote like main event right now, but he is. He's an all time, all time or all time great. No matter what he's doing, he's main event. I mean, he's he's important. So I feel like they're trying to raise the prestige of his title, but I would just forget it. And get the IC title back and just get rid of the never belt. If you're going to do something to elevate a belt, it's not a number two belt. Yeah, no, I, I completely
0: agree. Uh, one one story that I have picked up on, and it continues, your, your never open weight championship update, Hiroshi Tanahashi still hates that fucking belt.
3: <laughs> I do, too. I'm not a fan.
0: I, Tanahashi refuses to wear it. It's the only time I've ever seen Tanahashi walk around with a title over his shoulder instead of around the
3: waist of the universe. He hates that fucking belt. He's probably like, why the hell am I the Never Champion? What are you guys doing here? What is this booking?
0: And and I'm telling you, New Japan, you're, you're missing out. I know you're listening. Osprey, I know you're listening. Pass this on to Gato. I want to run a Valcoceroach. I want to see Tanahashi turn heel, put on the mask, become his character from my dad as a heel wrestler, and just go with it, man. We never got the John Cena heel turn. Give me El Kakaroch Hiroshi Tanahashi. How's he doing physically right now, though? Is he battling
3: through some injuries?
0: Well, I mean, his knees are shot. I mean, but there's not really anything he can do to unshoot his knees. You know know what I mean? The the thing with Tanahashi is he's just become so smart. He lets everything breathe. Everything's kind of like we were talking about with Osprey. The the pace of a Tanahashi match is whatever it needs to be. That's where Tanahashi keeps it at. But
3: his knees are clearly shot at this point. He's definitely beat up just to completely change gears. What do you like better, Tanahashi Okada or Okada Omega, the series of matches? Ooh, that's a good one. Mm, I would probably go
0: Okada and Tanahashi. And it's just the history and the story being told between those guys. I think the matches, at least the first two matches of Omega and Okada, I think are the best of the match. Well, boy, I don't know. That first time when Okada won his first IWGP championship from Tanahashi, that match was freaking incredible. Uh, the match that they had in Dallas for the G1 a couple years ago, where they didn't even touch each other for like the first five minutes and the fans completely lost their minds, that that was an all timer for me. Boy, I
3: don't, that's a tough one, Paz. Stumped you. How about you? Which one do you prefer? Uh, Tanahashi Okada. I just, I know Omega Okada, they are good matches and stuff. I don't know. I just like the storytelling a lot better. Um, more psychology, obviously, you're going to get from Tanahashi. Better, I don't, know, I don't want to say better work rate necessarily because I think equally both great matches. But something just connects with me more on the Tanahashi Okada matches. I'm more invested in them when I'm watching. I care who wins. I'm like really into it. Okada Omega. I'm just like, okay, please, you know, this be it'd be a good match. I want Okada to win, but Tanahashi Okada. It's like they they pull it pull you like oh i thought it was going this way oh i can't believe you know what i mean the the change of directions the change the pace it it can quicken and then it can slow down just really like the psychology and the storytelling better from the okada tanahashi matches
0: yeah i and and it's timeless um Mm -hmm.
3: yep i don't know
0: get back to me after the next okada versus omega match too you know because yeah hopefully that happens soon well we've seen okada and tanahashi how many times over the course of the years we've only seen okada omega three times and it was all kind of boom 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 i mean it was like a year and a half but it seemed like it was a much shorter period of time we've been watching okada and tanahashi for years at this point
3: true Yeah, it's weird that omega and okada didn't have more matches i know smartly they did that but you'd figure that they would have continued but then AEW happened and omega was gone and the fallout New japan so we gotta get that back going. Hopefully, that's the direction that this whole Omega thing is going.
0: Are you with me on the on the God versus the Devil storyline
3: with uh, Omega and Ibushi?
0: Yeah. So so you have Omega versus Ibushi for the IWGP World's Heavyweight Championship. Kenny Omega wins, takes everything away from New Japan, and then you have to have the Rainmaker. Uh, come back and, and put down the devil and take the title back. That's when Okada gets his next run. And then, you know, Osprey takes out Okada to, to get his first IWGP Worlds heavyweight championship run. And there's, you know, what's going to happen in new Japan for the
3: next three years. I love it. What a great idea. I love the long-term storytelling you do and their long-term booking. I love it.
0: Well, you know, if you follow Gato's booking for long enough, and Omega finally said his name, he even acknowledged it on Twitter. God, yeah, it's ridiculous. Those, those, that group, and the way that they do their storytelling—just ridiculous. I do like that though, the long, the long term. Let's get back to the New Japan Cup, as we 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 see the finals a rematch of the match of the year, 2019. Of course, at that time, it was the best of Super Juniors finals. And everybody at the time thought, Shingo Takagi is not a fucking junior heavyweight. You can blow some smoke up my ass, but no, no, no. But okay, we got Osprey versus Shingo out of it. It was awesome. Osprey wins that time. Shingo meets Osprey again inside of the G1. Shingo gets his win back. So they're tied 1 1. And Will Osprey puts down Shingo Takagi. 30 minutes and six seconds to win the New Japan Cup with a Stormbreaker. This match was good. I don't think it was as good as the match in 2019. I think it was better than the G1 climax match. And hopefully, we see these guys for like another. 10 years because these two just have incredible chemistry together.
3: Pause. what did you think of the final? Awesome match. These both guys are great. You're right. I don't think it was as good as the match that they had a few years ago. Although that is a good point. Shingo wasn't even really a junior, but he's in the finals of the junior tournament. It's like, why is he in this thing again? But it was worth it just to get him back in, in the swinging back in new Japan and, or, or in new Japan in general, just in new Japan. Um, he, he's just awesome. It never fails to uh, amaze me that he just can continually have some of the best matches. Uh, I just thought this is great. I actually thought Shingo was going to win, to be honest. It kind of surprised me too. a little bit. Um, not really shocked me, but it surprised me a little bit that Osprey got the win here. I just thought they were going in the Shingo direction and Shingo Bushi. I thought that, okay, this is big. It's a great match. Um, they're really going to uh, build this up uh, for the next show. But I was like, Wow, like, man, uh, osprey a little bit of a surprise there, but worth it. And, and obviously he's going to be kind of one of the big heels going forward. So him versus Ibushi is going to be off the charts. I think what happened,
0: I agree. I thought Shingo was going to win this thing. I still think Shingo should have won this thing. I think it's too soon for Osprey. Um, I would have much rather seen Osprey as like a semifinalist in the G1 this year and then win New Japan Cup next year because I feel like we're still very much establishing who Osprey is now, what the empire stands for. Like Osprey's kind of got his plate full. He didn't need the whole New Japan Cup thing. The problem is the fans are so behind Shingo Takaki right now. And I brought up last week, I feel like a lot of it is kind of a transfer from Hiromu to Shingo, where those LIJ fans that Hiromu was the biggest thing in the world to them. Hiromu goes out with an injury. Okay, we need to put our support behind somebody. Shingo's a badass. Let's go with Shingo. And Shingo just seems like he is the biggest baby face in the freaking company right now. Do you really want to put that up against Kota Ibushi? I mean, at least now, Kota Ibushi is going to be cheered against Will Ospreay.
3: For sure. I guess that's the thing. The face heel dynamic will definitely be there. Shingo is one of those guys, too, where it's like Naito a couple years ago. You thought he was going to get the push. You thought he'd get the win, and then Ghetto pulls the rug out from under you. So I feel like... Shingo, it's like another slow burn, long-term storytelling. Eventually, I think he may maybe get the maybe not the IWGP title, but he'll get chances at it and he'll get close. I feel like that is usually the way he books. You know, he teases it for a while. Okay, the guy gets to the finals, he loses. Oh, then he gets to the next step. He gets, you know, he wins the final. You're like slowly but surely he's gonna give the right guy the push. And that's gotta be Shingo eventually. I I loved Shingo running around with the
0: never open weight championship because Shingo kind of could define what is never open weight cuz he could work against juniors mm-hmm. he can work against yep. heavyweights and at a certain point we just started calling you know the the never open weight championship the bad motherfucker title right whoever the baddest motherfucker in the company was that's who got the never open weight championship so we got a division of guys like shingo and suzuki and ishi that are just going out there and beating the fucking shit out of guys that Ishii's was the that was the Never Division, and I loved that as the Never Division. Now, if you're going to elevate that to the number two title, there's guys like Shingo that I'm like, he should be Intercontinental Championship level, but going back for the Never Championship feels like a step backwards to me. Even now, Tanahashi walking around with a belt that he hates, Switchblade saying he wants to go for the Never Open Weight Championship. It's just... It makes you feel dirty. It's one of those things that I'm like, New Japan, what the fuck are
3: you doing? You don't need to do this. They're teasing. They're just throwing stuff out there, kind of like knowing that it's not great, but they're like teasing it. Like, oh, let's try it out. Let's do this. Let's do that. But uh, you're right. Ishii, Suzuki, Shingo, they epitomize that title. Even going back many, many years, Masato Tanaka like epitomizes that never title where it's just like the... The Bruiserweight guys. I mean, no, they just Even Goto. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, like I could buy Goto
0: as a never champion. I can't buy him as a world heavyweight champion. Come on. It's fucking Goto. <laughs> Roman Reigns in New Japan Pro Wrestling. God, don't like that guy. So Osprey wins the match. He cuts his post-match promo. Very, very good promo. Os- er, Kota Ibushi, double champ, still walking around with the two belts somehow gets himself into the ring Ibushi really struggles with those two belts which is hilarious to me. he gets face to face with Osprey Osprey cuts the great promo and I'm like, okay I can get down with this and then out of nowhere he out of nowhere he, he reenacts the RKO from 2005 and he hits the uh, the oscutter on B Priestley his girlfriend and then he gets up and he says listen Ibushi, if I'd do that to her Imagine what I'm going to do to you. And I was just like, man, you know, pro wrestling, it really is simple sometimes. Now, I want to see Kota Ibushi punch Will Ospreay in the face and retain his championship over Will Ospreay. I feel nothing towards Osprey; He's a dick and he's going to get what's coming to him. Look at what he just did to B. Priestley. And, exactly. And then the internet lost their freaking minds. Pause when when you first saw the angle, regardless of the story that's come out of the angle since then, what were your thoughts? Were you outraged by
3: Osprey hitting the os Cutter on B? Because I didn't see it that way at all. No, I thought good storytelling. I was like, okay, interesting. Like, this guy's a dick. He's an asshole. Guy just, you know, basically did that, gave her the diamond cutter, the os Cutter to his girlfriend. Like, wow, look, you better watch out, Abushi. Nothing, like, crazy where I'm thinking, like, oh, uh abuse or, or whatever it wasn't Domestic abuse. yeah it just I don't know I, I, I didn't see that at all I was just shocked to see so many people online like oh domestic dis- bu- uh, abuse and this and that but these are the same people that want the intergender wrestling and that are for intergender wrestling so it's very similar to that and it's just wrestling and it's just a storyline it's just an angle it's just something that he did as a character to her character to get over the fact that he's a heel so I, I didn't see the uh the uh outrage at all i just thought that was nuts that those people were going crazy i liked it i thought i was like okay establishes himself clearly as an asshole heel
0: well and especially because when you look at the way that osprey has worked throughout this tournament like especially the matchup against zach saber jr right osprey worked that match total babyface until after the match when he ended up cutting his promo like I, I, feel like there would be a certain division of fans that are going to be behind Osprey going into a match with Ibushi. We just eliminated those people. Now everybody is 100%, completely behind Kota Ibushi, and they want to see Osprey get his ass kicked. Isn't that the point? I that's
3: that's pro wrestling. That's how it's supposed to work, right? Uh, you would think so. I, I thought it was pro wrestling to a T. That's exactly what I would expect. Um, I just thought, well executed, good job, good booking. This guy is a heel. Abushi uh, definitely is going to get a huge reaction. People are going to want to see this guy get his ass kicked. Um, I don't know. I just can't believe that there was so much outrage over it. And it kind of didn't make sense. Like, it, I don't know. I feel like some of the times the fans just say stuff to say it to see if it'll stick. But it doesn't really make sense. That's just the kind of general feeling I get sometimes. Outrage addiction.
0: I think it's a mm-hmm. thing. I, I think that yeah. there is an actual release of dopamine inside of the brain, and people get off on being outraged by things. I guess it's crazy. I guess my question is if this was not Osprey, if this was somebody else, like let's just say for a random example, and he would never be in this position. Okay, but let's just say, for example, Yujiro Takahashi wins the New Japan Cup. He's standing there, and he's got Peter, and he's got Fale and Tomatonga standing there. And everything plays out exactly the same way, and he puts down Peter. Does anybody fucking care? I mean, maybe, maybe you get a little bit of outrage because you got a pimp smacking his hoe. So, so I mean, maybe actually that there is a bit more outrage there. But you, you know what I'm saying? Like how much of this is just because it's
3: Osprey and the whole speaking out thing from last year? That's what I was kind of thinking too. Like they were really just getting on him because it's him doing it and he didn't get in trouble, quote-unquote – For the speaking out movement like he should have, he should have been canceled and he shouldn't be wrestling in New Japan and he shouldn't be getting this big push. I feel like this was kind of residual from that. They're trying to get him in trouble or trying to make him worse than he really is and trying to make him guilty because they want to cancel him for God knows whatever reason. Uh, I feel like 100 percent this is residual from the speaking out stuff and how him and B are still there and, and he should be in trouble. So and it's bullshit from, from my point of view.
0: The The one that absolutely cracked me up was watching the American wrestling media report on this. And they were reporting that people were so outraged that nobody made a sound. Nobody in the building reacted to this angle at all. And it's like, have you been watching New Japan Pro Wrestling for the last six months? They're not allowed to make a sound. They're not allowed. I mean, what did you expect them to do? Applaud? <laughs> I mean, what, what? of course they're not going to make a sound. They don't want to get thrown out of the building. They want to be able to come to more shows. Like, there, there, there's rules in place for this. Switchblade Jay White tries to get people to make sounds just so they get thrown out of the building because he's such a fucking dick. It's great.
3: Don't give me the fans didn't react bullshit. I feel like uh, sometimes you got to whatever stupid point you're making, you got to try to put some evidence behind it. And (laughs) that's what they came up with. Like, oh, yeah, this will work. You know, maybe somebody not really paying attention, like, oh, this will fool them or this will trick them. No, you know, we've been paying attention a little bit more than that. And that's bullshit. (laughs) Well, and, and the thing that's so funny, I, I
0: I go through a lot of like Twitter comments and I'll translate the what the Japanese fans are saying versus what the American fans are saying. And the Japanese fans, like, they get it. They don't they don't like it, but now they want to see Ibushi beat Osprey's ass. Like they they're reacting to it as a pro wrestling angle, and then you have fans from the United States, from the UK, from the Western countries that are calling for, like, canceling of, of Osprey, canceling of New Japan Pro. I'll never watch New Japan again. They endorse domestic
3: violence. The fuck? They, it's a wrestling show, dude. Calm down. So bad. So, bad. so stupid. So corny. So lame. I, I just don't like any of that kind of stuff when they do that cancel culture stuff, when it doesn't apply, especially. Ridiculous. Just just out of nowhere. And it's like if the fans over there are not outraged by this, why in the fuck should I be? Yeah, trying to create a story out of nothing.
0: Yeah. Just you're reaching. You're reaching.
3: Big time.
0: Pause before we wrap things up, we, we had the official announcements for Sakura Genesis coming up on April 4th. Wanted to run through this card with you, kind of get where your head is at. Your first match, 20-minute time limit, Doki, Zack Sabre Jr., and Tai Chi versus the guy who turned off the lights, Jado and the Gorillas. So it looks like we're going back to Dangerous Techers and G.O.D. going forward.
3: I guess it seems like they have nothing for those guys. <laughs> you know what I mean? They always put them back together. Uh, it's been kind of almost overdone with those guys. They, Not that you wrestle too much, but there gets to a point where it's like you don't care as much anymore when you do it like the 20th time. Yeah, I'm with
0: you. We, we need the good brothers in this equation real quick and in a hurry. Uh, yeah. Your, your second matchup, Chaos versus Bullet Club, and I, I'm just disheartened. Your Bullet Club team consists of Dick Togo, Taiji Ishimori, Yujiro Takahashi, Kenta, and Evil, taking on Yoshihashi, Tomihiro Ishii, Hiroki Goto, Toru Yano, and Kazuchika Okada. I do not need to see Evil and Okada in the same place at the same time for like another 10 fucking years.
3: I feel you. I feel you on that. Any, I know they do a lot of these multi-man matches, obviously, you know, and they do this tour, tour after tour after tour, but Chaos, Bullet Club have wrestled probably a million times. I just love, uh, even though it's going to be small doses, any Okada Ishii match. So I will pay attention to those two, but I'm not really invested or interested in that match as much as maybe uh, I should be. I, I, I see Ishii on one side.
0: I see Kenta on the other and everything mm-hmm. else. I'm just kind of like, eh. yeah.
3: Yeah. And Kenta, of course. Yeah. That's interesting.
0: Third matchup, Shingo Takagi, Sonata and Tetsuya Naito representing Los Ingobernables de Japón. That's $50, Mr. Rhodes taking on the United Empire of the great Okan, Jeff Cobb and X. So that's when we will find out who the newest member is of the United Empire. L.I.J. being on the other side, do you make anything out of that?
3: Yeah, that's interesting. It's true. I didn't even think about that. Or actually, I didn't even know that 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 was the match until now. Ooh, maybe it could be uh, Andrade. It could be Sombra, maybe. Ooh, that that would kind of make it interesting. The placement of that match makes me think it's not him, as far as where the card is. Let's say that's like the main event. Then you would think it's probably him. But interesting. That's a good point. uh, I know he's free to wrestle wherever he wants right now, so who knows? How about Shooter? No non compete. How about
0: Shooter? Could we get Shooter back? Would you put him in the Empire? He's been at Rev Pro, right? I don't know where
3: he's been, actually.
0: I thought Shooter was at Rev Pro. Maybe we could draw a connection there. It's about time for Shooter to come back, ain't it? Hmm. Why not? Hmm. Your fourth matchup of the day. We're clearly building the Switchblade versus Tanahashi, and this is gonna be a preview match. Satoshi Kojima and Hiroshi Tanahashi. That's an interesting tag team. Taking on the unit of Bad Luck Fale and Switchblade Jay White. Not really a whole lot to talk about here, but I do hope that we get more of Switchblade calling Tanahashi fat because that's one of my favorite <laughs> stories in 2021. <laughs>
3: That is pretty funny. Uh, not true, but pretty funny. Uh, I, I, I like that a lot. I feel like Fale was due years ago, was due for a big push. Never never quite got to that level. Yeah. Yeah. It's unfortunate, too.
0: I, you know what? I want to see Fale in the bad motherfucker division, too. Yeah. I agree. Let Fale be a bad motherfucker again, you know? I miss the grenade and shit. Your fifth matchup, your, your semi-main event of the evening, IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championship match, titles on the line, Yoshinibo, Kanomaru and El Desperado making their first defense against Rapungi 3K. Yo is back. He is reunited with Sho, and I'm a little sad. I'm a little sad because I, when Yo went out, I expected big things on a show. I thought they were really going to elevate him up the card inside of the junior division. And it just, it was Desperado. Desperado is the guy who got the push that I thought that show was going to end up getting with that killer match that he had against Hiromu at the best of Super Junior's final. Rapungi 3K back? I mean, I, I guess. Okay.
3: Sometimes I feel like they... Uh, junior tag team division. I don't know. There's no life to it sometimes. I feel like they just put the guys in there. Sho and Yo are just there. You know what I mean? It's not nothing, nothing's elevating. They're not getting a push. They're just like, all right, just have a good little, you know, three star match or whatever. And you know, let's just move on. There's nothing in place for them. They're not going anywhere right now. Yeah. It's unfortunate because
0: I think Sho Tanaka has a huge upside to him. They just have to figure it out. Your main event of the evening, 60-minute time limit for the very first time. The IWGP World's Heavyweight Championship on the line. New Japan Cup winner Will Ospreay fixing to get his ass beaten by Kota Ibushi in the first defense of this title. Pause. I see no way Ospreay's
3: walking out with this title. I would be shocked and floored. I don't think he's quite ready there yet. As far as being a top heel and as far as being the IWGP world champion, I feel like Ibushi's run has only just begun. I feel like he needs probably to be champion for at least a year. You know what I mean? Get a huge run out of this. Really uh, showcase who he is. Beat all the top guys. Eventually uh, beat Okada and Tanahashi. But you got to start with Osprey, Then beat Jay White. And then kind of you know move along and get bigger matches. Then maybe at the next Tokyo, though, maybe him and Omega go at it. But I want a nice long build. I want a nice long title reign from him. Osprey, this match is going to be awesome. I guarantee it. But not quite there yet. I think Ibushi has to go over.
0: One of the big topics that I've heard thrown around is this whole thing with Osprey and B. Priestley is a ruse. And that B. Priestley is going to come out and help Will Ospreay defeat Kota Ibushi. Um, isn't the better story B Priestley comes out to help will Osprey. It was all a ruse, and Ibushi still overcomes will Osprey. like
3: that's clearly the better story here. yes, plus, it totally teases you as a fan, like, oh shit, they tricked him. uh here we go. title change. and then. Oh, he kicks out. You know what I mean? There's got to be like that that change that roller coaster ride where we're like, oh, damn it, I can't believe they they tricked him. Oh no, the, you know, the face overcomes and he beats him despite that ruse and that trick. So you're right. I think that's the better story and that would be great. And if they end Bushy's title reign already, I would be shocked unless he's injured or something, but if they ended his reign already, I'd be shocked. Which story do you like better? Do you like that B Priestley
0: comes out to help Will Ospreay and they the unit still comes up short to Kota Ibushi? Or do yeah. you like the story better that B Priestley comes out and screws Will Ospreay before making her exit?
3: No, I think it should be a ruse. I think she should pretend that she's against him, then try to help Will. Then they blow it and abushi and still wins just because I think that would be a great story. And it looks like all oh, these heels tripped over their own feet and they all oh, they screwed up. They still couldn't get the job done just because I don't think Osprey is ready for that level as of yet. But it's a cool little tie in and a cool little storyline to throw in there to give you the opportunity or the chance in your mind that he's going to win the title when he really shouldn't. Yeah, kind of sets all the wrong things right. The one thing that is uh, kind of
0: standing in between, um, I don't know if we will see B Priestley at Sakura Genesis because that day she is competing against Utami Hayashita for the uh, Red Belt over in Stardom. And I'm not exactly sure where that show is. I want to say it's at the Budokan, but it's not Nippon. Uh, Yokohama Budokan, maybe?
3: Hmm. No, I'm trying to what remember time, off the what top times of my head. are. Uh, what times are both the shows?
0: Well, and that's another big thing too, because stardom a lot of times will run early in the afternoon, so that that is a possibility as well.
3: Yeah, very interesting I, uh, stuff. I I think she'll be there. I just, I just get a feeling. I'm with you.
0: Paz, thank you so much for doing this, man. Uh, this was a blast. I had a great time every time I get to sit down and have a good conversation with you. Uh, Why don't you go ahead, plug uh, all the, the social medias and whatnot for the Power Trip one more time, and uh, we'll let you get out of here so you can go back to recording 15 other shows.
3: <laughs> sure. You can just follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Two Man Power Trip. Check out my website, tmptempire.com, and check me out on Patreon, patreon.com backslash TMPT Empire. If you go to the site, got all the other podcasts on there. I don't want to list them again. It's too many, like you said. It's way, way too much going on. But if you check me out on social media and uh, follow along, you will get an easy, easy uh, crash course on all the podcasts I got going on. Thanks, man. This was awesome. We'll do it again soon. Thank you. Appreciate it. The
4: following announcements have been paid for by the sponsors of the Hameen Media Group. Hameen Media Group brand management is taking over. Social media, video, audio, design, marketing, and more. HMG Brand Management is proud to be partnered with Vince Russo's The Brand, Stevie Ray TV, Rip Rogers' FR Podcast, Goldilocks, Big Vito Brand, The A Show starring Aaron Stevens and April Hunter, The Two-Man Power Trip, And now, Angelina Love in Velvet Sky, the beautiful people. Search for all of our HMG brand management partners on your favorite podcatchers, YouTube, and of course, Patreon. Support your favorite HMG ring veterans by visiting ProWrestlingTees.com, Dr. Man Beast Ted McNaylor, God Papadon, SCG Search from Big Sal, Chris Silvio, Stevie Richards, and of course, the Ayatollah himself, Ben Hamine. Hey, bro. Wake up with the official Vince Russo coffee from Broaster's Coffee. Medium roasted, Nicaraguan blend with chocolatey notes and a smooth finish that'll have you ready to go, bro. Available only at thebroasters.com. For a flavorful hashtag RBV fitness foodie experience, visit zorosoliveoil.com. Zoros Ultra Premium extra virgin olive oil is exclusively sourced from the Zordos family private 100 year old olive groves in Greece. Taste the difference and visit Zordosoliveoil.com today. StevieRichardsFitness.com for the most affordable and effective home workout program that will give you results real results. 12 and 16 week resistant band programs are available for instant download now at StevieRichardsFitness.com Russo'sBrand.com where the pros are pros, bro. Get the most valid takes in wrestling from the pros who live it. Visit Russo'sBrand.com. Subscribe to Hacker Hameen and Hameen Media Group on Podbeam.com and visit Patreon.com backslash Hameen Media Group. We now take you to your featured HMG presentation.
0: So I had pause on, and typically you would assume that would be the end of the show, but this is a very, very special episode of Destino. I had to bring in the experts, um, and, and normally I use that term lightly, but not today. Um, of course, Paz and I, we were talking about the Will Ospreay and the B Priestley angle and kind of the response that has been, so I reached out to our friend John Enright, a frequent host here on Destino. John, welcome back to the show.
2: Hey, it's good to be back on, my friend. It's always glad to be on Destino to talk New Japan, even in a slightly negative way.
0: Even in a slightly negative way. John, why don't you go ahead and explain to people exactly what it is that you do um, give them a little bit of background on the foundation. And then I know we've got a special month coming up in April that you wanted to tell people about as well. And then we'll talk about this whole Osprey and B Priestley thing.
2: Okay. So for, so for my daytime job, I know I've talked a lot about mental health and things, but what I, where I actually work is a nonprofit domestic violence sexual assault agency here in rural Texas in Weatherford. Um, we, you know, we cover the entirety of Parker County. So we're, we're located in Weatherford, but we offer services for anybody who lives in Parker County. We are a nonprofit organization, so we don't charge for any of our services. If someone is a victim of abuse or sexual assault, anything along those lines, whether they are male, female, uh, we, like we, we ha- unfortunately, we say we see as young as three, as old as 103. So, I mean, elderly, young adult, young child, if they come in, they don't pay for services. So the first thing that happens is we figure out what their abuse is and how to connect them with the right department, they get an advocate. That person talks to them, gives them the steps that they need to take to begin their process of healing. And then if they need counseling, we have therapists, three therapists on site Um, They can do counseling through therapy and and things along those lines. Um, And then the therapy comes and goes. So sometimes maybe they're good and then a few days later or a month or six months later, something triggers them and they can come back and schedule and get back on the schedule for therapy. Um, That's the one thing about our agency that's different than like a CAC or a government thing is the government, like a CAC, cannot help you until charges are filed. We don't have that limitation. So someone can come in. They can never get charges filed against their perpetrator, which we encourage because you know that's the case. But we, w- we want to walk through their path of healing, whatever they feel comfortable doing. So if they never charge files, we can advocate with them, and they're with us as long as they want. We never close their file. So it could be six years, and they can come back in and say, hey, I'm dealing with this. Can I get some help? We are glad to help that person, whatever that may be. So that's our agency in a small nutshell. We we have therapists on site, we have advocates, we and we care for that person until they feel healed. That's the whole purpose of our agency. Um, that's why we're called Freedom House. So we're trying to bring freedom and healing to victims of domestic abuse, domestic violence, and sexual assault. And so. That's kind of how we run things, and that's how we do things. Um, We run on donations and government grants. Um, You can find us on Facebook as Freedom House of Parker County. We're on Instagram. You can also find us at our website, uh, www.freedomhousepc.org, and you can find out more information there. Uh, and you can even donate there um, on the website so that's kind of how we do things i help run a lot of the social media so if you see things on our social media page i'm helping craft messages and things like that as a matter of fact april 5th it, we are opening a secondary campus up in springtown which is in northern parker county so people aren't driving 20 30 minutes for services and from the, that part of the county they can go there and have a five minute three minute 10 minute drive and get the services they need without having to oh my God, I got to get my kid out of school and then I've got to go down there and I got to try to come back. And we're able to offer services better, which is exciting. We're partnering with our local CAC. We're sharing a space with them. We'll be there two days a week. They'll be two days a week. And then April also is Sexual Assault Awareness Month. So um, sexual assault is actually the most underreported crime in the in the world, not just the United States. Um, you know, there's just statistics like last. You know, the, this last year's statistics just for Texas showed 6.3 million Texans have experienced sexual assault, whether that's been reported or not. 94% of people never report their sexual assault, um, which goes to show you if we know that 6.3 million people have experienced sexual assault, how many more are there if 94% have not reported? You know, to police or 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 anything along those lines, or any kind of services. So, um, you know, we're trying to do what we can to get the word out to make people aware of sexual assault that it's okay. You know, to report. We we you know we want to believe victims. We want to make sure that we listen and we we take everything in and and then we provide you the help that you need because we see a lot of times people oh well they're just lying they're just lying or you know it seems too real and untrue um, that person's a good person. Well, you know, I mean, let's take the Deshaun Watson situation, for example. You know, he's got, what, now 12 or 15 people who have lined up and said, yeah, he did this kind of thing. And at first they were like, oh, this guy, you know, he was such a good guy. There's no way, there's no way, there's no way. But how do you stack up 12 to 15 people? Now, how many of them are real or not? I don't know, but at the same time, we can't dismiss people because of what's happening, you know. Um, we, I mean, there's just guys have been sexually assaulted. You know, they say one out of five men in Texas last year were sexually assaulted, but once again, guys are even reported less. You know, whether it be same sex or assaulted by a female, that happens. And what guy is going to say, "Well, yeah, this woman raped me," and you know, the police are going to go, "Get the fuck out of here!" You know, you got, you should have enjoyed it, you know. And that's not OK. Um, and so that's the the whole purpose of April is to raise awareness of sexual assault. So we're doing things like trying to get to uh, working with P, uh, radio stations to get out PSAs, podcasts, other places that we can do that. We are working with a local um, because horse horse riding is a big out here. Um, Weatherford is actually considered the cutting horse capital of the world. Um, there's a there is a cable channel called Ride TV, which would really impact a lot of people here. So we're working with them. One of their stars wants to feature us as a nonprofit as their to raise awareness. So we're working on them with doing a video PSA through with that with that um, one of the stars of their shows. So we're trying to do a lot to really raise awareness of it. Um, and the, the sometimes the things we struggle with, like we had a PSA with the radio station when they heard it was about sexual assault, they pulled it because they're like, oh, we're not comfortable talking about that. And that's my struggle is like, guys, that's the whole point. Nobody wants to talk about it. But it is a severely underreported crime that people don't feel they, they, they don't want to report because it's like, oh, I don't want people to look at me. or I don't want people. To, no, we need to get people help. And if we normalize talking about it's OK to report sexual assault and say the word sexual assault, that it happens and acknowledge it, then people more people are going to get help but we need to be able to normalize that by saying it in a PSA over a radio station, you know? So, um, you know, that's, that's been my, our biggest struggle. And so I appreciate, you know, people like you Jargo who are like giving me this platform to kind of share that because I know it's not a fun word to say. It's not something we want to talk about, but it's something we need to talk about. So.
0: Absolutely. And I I know you and I have talked a little bit off air. I grew up in a home that had, some domestic abuse going on inside of it um, with my stepfather and my mom. And uh, I was out on my own when I was 15, you Mm. know, because I I just couldn't stand it. Me and uh, the stepdad, we got into it one day and uh, that was it. I moved out. Uh, Finally, um, I don't, Jesus, it had to be 15 years later. My mom finally got away from this fucking guy. Mm. And now she's with a, a guy that I just absolutely adore. Great, great guy. But it, very much the same that this dude broke her arm and it was never reported. So I, I have a very, very special place inside of me when it comes to domestic assault, sexual assault. That's what really drove me into the world of psychology. So when you had brought this up to me, I I didn't even have to think twice about it. It was like, of course, of course we're gonna do this. Um, but we, we do have some wrestling that we need to talk about. You will be hearing those PSAs airing on Destino, hitting the marks. Um, if my new show launches in April, you'll be hearing it there too because it's important, and we need to talk about it. Um, but unfortunately, we also have to talk about New Japan Pro Wrestling inside of this context right now, mm-hmm. because the internet and the the pro wrestling community. I when I saw this, John, I didn't think this was going to be in any way, shape, or form what it has become. This has become one of the most polarizing things I've seen in my time of watching new Japan pro wrestling live. I mean, you can go back in the archives and find all kinds of crazy shit, but you know, the last five to 10 years, New Japan has been a pro wrestling company, and now we're starting to see as they're trying to cater more to the American audience, to the British audience, the Western audience, we're seeing more and more angles, more and more sports entertainment being done. And of course, at the New Japan Cup final, we had Will Ospreay giving Bia Priestley a os cutter, And... I didn't see an issue with it. Paz didn't see an issue with it. But there are an awful lot of people on the internet that did have an issue with it. And so I kind of wanted your expertise on this because I did not say all I saw was two wrestlers doing a wrestling move and running a wrestling angle. But I mean, there are people out there that are like, we need to cancel New Japan Pro Wrestling. They, they course domestic violence. Right and so y'all people are looking way too far into this shit and if you consider that domestic violence then I'm afraid that we're actually diluting the point of what we really should be talking about.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And really that's the problem. So does that mean every intergender match needs to go away? Does that mean Well, and that's yeah, the I'm,
0: crazy thing. These are the yeah. same people who advocate for the intergender that are outraged at intergender.
2: Right. You know, and and that's where I'm a wrestling fan as well as an advocate for these things. And as a person who ha- who holds both these titles, I looked at it back at, you know, I thought about when Randy Orton RKO'd you know, Stacey Keebler. Yep, 2005, a- a- you bet. 2005, came across the same thing. I'm like, oh, wow, they're just re- rehashing that kind of similar story. I think the problem is... Is New Japan was a little tone deaf in using Osprey in this story because of his earlier Speak Out movement being called upon about blackballing. He wasn't accused of uh, abuse or or a sexual assault. He was accused of blackballing a person who who accused his one of his good friends. Um, and so there was that issue uh, along with that. You know. Um,
0: now I, think I, that's, I, I I do want to interject okay. here because mm-hmm. that has been retracted now. Right, and nobody seems to know that that has been retracted now. Right, um, the story is I understand. Pollyanna is is the wrestler's name. Right, and Osprey and B took all of the shit for this girl getting blackballed in the UK scene. Here's what really happened, as I understand it, the London School of Lucha Libre has a deal with all these different indie promotions. OK, Osprey went to the London School of Lucha Libre. So that is the connection between the two. Right. The London School of Lucha Libre blackballed this chick. It wasn't Osprey. And that's the problem. It's just all these indie promotions. They run shows out of the London School of Lucha Libre and they don't want to piss off the London School of Lucha Libre. So they ban her, too. And it was just the snowball effect. It didn't really have anything to do with Osprey, just where Osprey went to school. That was the whole freaking thing. The the people that originally came out and brought Osprey and B into the speaking out movement were forced to retract those comments. But of course, when the accusation is made, it's headline news. When the retraction is made, it's on page six at the bottom in really, really small print where nobody sees it.
2: Or page 47, you know, really, right. really buried. Yeah, and that's the whole point. And I was actually going to bring that up, is that that was brought about, but now it's not there. So people are just kind of arguing that point to a silly thing. It, at the same time, you know, like, so um, a friend of mine who's a wrestler here in Texas, Barrett Brown, wrestles for New Japan, you know, on their strong show. Um, Barrett has a TikTok, and him and his girlfriend, who's also a professional wrestler, Angel Blue, they do wrestling moves that people recommend on, on his TikTok. And, you know, he says, you know, we're professionals, and they use a crash pad sometimes for different moves. Is that is that you know what I mean I mean but you know it's for entertainment purposes it's once again you know he's he's doing these things and he's doing the moves to her or vice versa it's 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 once again i think you know people wanting and looking for to bring bring down people for for things that aren't just aren't there people don't look into stories i mean there's so many times or even just little things here locally people will make a comment about you know why did this restaurant close and they're like oh because it's terrible it was rat infested or whatever it was like no if you go look at it dunkin donuts like for a dunkin donuts here Dunkin' Donuts closed 800 stores last in in 2020 because of COVID and because they overexpanded. And so I linked an article. I said, hey, you know, maybe next time you actually do a little bit of research. This took me half a second to find on Google that they're closing 800 stores across the United States. And obviously underperforming stores are going to be closed or stores that are in inconvenient locations, which is the case here. We're in Weatherford, Texas, you know, and there's a Dunkin' Donuts here. We... Probably they once again they they moved too quickly and they expanded too fast. And so that's why the store closed, not because it was rat, you know, and all this wild speculation. It's just these are the facts. But people don't want to hear that, you know. And then when I put that, you know, somebody was like, I this is wow, this is a well thought out answer. And I was like, because I'm giving you facts. You know, I'm not right. I'm not giving you just you know thought and bullshit, you know. And so, you know, I think it's this I I th- I think where the you know, the other issues come I don't know if you watched after the fact um, when they had the the press conference afterwards Will and the rest of the guys he, he used it as an angle as I broke up with B this way you know um, by giving the Oscar he's like well I'm single now boys let's go out you know and I mean and you know it was once again I, it's Will Osprey being tone deaf Will Osprey not necessarily thinking about some things I don't know if I would have said it that way I like the fact that he said you know I will. You know, I'll, I, you know, I did that to the woman I love to show that I really want this title. If he would have just left it at that, been told understandable. Understand. But the fact that he started using as an angle of this is how he broke up with her and this is that she's no longer in his life. I think that's once again the will being tone deaf. You know, we we, we how many times have we seen him delete his Twitter because he says something stupid. Open mouth, insert
0: foot. Yeah. Constantly.
2: Constantly, you know, if he'd have just left it at the wrestling angle part of I love this title so much that I'm I'm willing to to give that to a woman I love who I have a house with and I have a life with. And and if I'm willing to do that, who says what I'm going to do to get that title? That, to me, is a great wrestling story that's heat. But when you throw in, all right, I guess I'm single now and I'm breaking up, you know, kind of that's where it's a little you know, a little touch more oh come on, Will. If you'd have just no, if you'd have stopped. And but still, even then I'm not going, Okay, this is domestic violence. This is, you know, anything along those lines. Because this is I Osprey hear,
0: being a douchebag and I want to see yeah, him get his ass kicked.
2: Yeah. I mean, I hear stories that are fifteen thousand times worse on this on a weekly basis of people. You know, My God, I mean, let
0: me tell you what Ric Flair was doing in the seventies. Yeah.
2: Don't even get it. <laughs> you know, on that. like You know, I mean, when you when you have a job like I do um, and you hear some shit, you know, I mean, even people that I know, people who are friends who, you know, are, you know, and they they get into a relationship and they are like, oh, my God, this person was doing this to me and that to me. I'm like, get help here, call us, contact us, get the services. You you can't do not do this alone because all of a sudden they think they're with a a good person and that person turns out to be a complete shithead and is willing to beat the crap out of them, put their hands on people and do it when they're not supposed to. And it's like, no, 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 that is not the case at all. You need to get help. Um, On average, it takes a person seven incidences of abuse before they walk away. That's on average. A lot of times it's like you said, 15 years of, of, Abuse in the cycle of it, you know, and it's 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 hard for people and because they become isolated they become, you know, in a way. So this didn't even in one second bother me. You know, I mean, I listened to the Super J cast. I listen to Joel and I, I love Joel and, and Damon, but I have to disagree with Joel on this. You know, I know he went super crazy on it and everything. I am of the well, same point. I mean, and
0: it's it's not just Joel. I mean, it's it's really yeah. the Western Twitter audience is who I'm really seeing right. lose their shit about this. Most of the Japanese that I'm seeing talk about this are just like, I want to see Osprey get his ass kicked now. Like, mm-hmm. I- exactly the response that they were kind of going for. It, it's just cancel culture doesn't really apply to Japanese culture at this point. Like, they're they're not there. And I, I, it, it's a, a perfect idea of the Americans projecting our values onto the rest of the world, and the rest of the world just doesn't give a damn about our shit. Right. Exactly. I mean, that's, exactly. that's kind of how I see it, you know? Yeah. And I, I'm just, that's kind of how Paz was. It seems like it, we're all kind of in the same place. I just, I don't understand it.
2: You know, and I mean, here's the thing, like, I I don't either. But at the same time, I, I, and here's the problem, I guarantee you with some of the people I work with, if I showed them that, they would see that because we deal in an industry that is, you know, highly charged. And, you know, we have we have people in our agency who are on both sides of the aisle. But we were able to make it work because at the end of the day, we care about people and we want to see people healed. And so, um, I guarantee you I'd show you some of that, some of the people at work, and they'd be like, Oh my god, I can't believe they're doing a domestic violence angle. And then I'd be other people like, Okay, so they're doing wrestling, whatever. I was, was know, gonna say, I'm- but
0: couldn't you show those same people the match that they had at the, the COVID benefit that they threw during the, the shutdown? Mm-hmm. That B and Will had an intergender match that a show that they promoted. Wouldn't they feel the same way about that as they would about I I cuz it's all about the context,
2: right? You would think, you would think, but you know that's the whole point is sometimes people I mean I mean and I've heard this is like, well, I don't think men and women should be wrestling each other because it looks bad. I'm against know?
0: intergender wrestling. I'm I'm pretty well on the record again on that. But but the fact is it's out Dude. there.
2: Yeah. It's out there. It is what it is. You know, a lot of independent promotions use it, especially, you know, um, for that. I, I don't know. I mean, the pop or whatever, but to me, it's just not realistic, you know, until, um, you know, unless you have a guy and a gal where there's a huge size differential, you know, like a Nia versus a, you know, Nia Jax versus Drake Maverick. Yeah. You know, Jake Maverick, you know, something along those lines, but you know, uh, to me it's it's the visual of it and 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 guys are just the, the way they move is different it's not about the fact that i think i see domestic violence it's about just the quality of work because one can only do so much because of the other person it's a, it's a balance it's a dance it's it's working together on on something but I, but that's where it, again it's well i'm going to impose my values on this i don't think interditional wrestling cuz it promotes domestic violence really really because you know I could t- you want to sit down and let me tell you some stories of what real domestic violence is and looks like and then we, t- we we go look at some wrestling and we discuss that then and we watch wrestling after you hear about me telling you about 30 minutes of stories of domestic violence and then we have a discussion you know so you know it's 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 these people who want to talk about oh that's domestic violence really let me let me just kind of give you 30 minutes. Only 30 minutes, and I could tell you some stories, and I could tell you what happens. I mean, the fact that there are people who are in relationships and domestic violence that die because of it. You know, but yet you want to look at a wrestling angle, why don't you shut the fuck up and start doing something in your community to help end it and stop doing some of these relationships, you know, doing domestic violence in these areas because people need help and you're just too busy looking at wrestling and call it domestic violence and actually do something about you, stupid piece of shit. Sorry, I got really, really amped up there for a minute. But that's how I feel. If you're gonna if you're gonna sit here and complain about wrestling. Go look in your community. Show me what you're doing to help stop and make your community better and make it safe for people to have safe relationships. Learn how to have a healthy relationship. Learn how to show support for people who aren't in a relationship. Learn how to provide and advocate for people who are not in a healthy relationship and how to get them help. Go do that instead of being a piece of shit and talking about it behind a keyboard or complaining about it and doing nothing about it. If you're going to do something about it, do something about it and support domestic violence agencies. Go and support people who are... Are struggling that you might know of Or if, even if you think if something is off Talk to them, try to approach them Show them, hey are you okay, is your relationship really okay Look, this is a safe space, I'm not going to Go anywhere with you, I'm going to do anything You need to get healing Wherever you want to go, if you, if you feel like You need to go to an agency, I'll walk with you And do that, I'll take you there and I will make sure You're safe, the, those kind of things Go do that And then come back and watch wrestling I mean, I watch wrestling because it is something that I can go, hey, this isn't so bad compared to what I have to deal with on a regular basis. Except for SmackDown, which I have to watch tonight. Uh, you know, I was gonna say it, but you know, you beat me to it. I did, you know. <laughs> but you know, it's it's something I enjoy because it's entertainment, guys. It's entertainment. Take a moment to stop and remember, we're watching this because it's enjoyable. It's something that's not real. It's something that takes away. So. What about, you know, so are we going to cancel Law and Order SVU? Because they talk about domestic violence and sexual assault and children. I mean, why is that show not being canceled? Why is it one of the most popular shows on television? Because we like drama and it's, oh, that's entertainment. So is wrestling, you dumb shit? You know, it's the same thing. So
0: let me ask you this. Now, going forward, because I feel like this has to be addressed. Mm -hmm. One way or another, it has to be addressed. So... What is the better option? All right. Option A is Will Ospreay versus Kota Ibushi. B Priestley comes out and attacks Will Ospreay, costing him the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. Or option B, B Priestley comes out and tries to help Will Ospreay because the whole thing was a ruse to get into Ibushi's head. And Ibushi still overcomes Will Ospreay and B Priestley. Wait, like, like, which is the better option of the two? Because I feel like one of the two almost has to happen at this point. Right.
2: You know, and I, here's here's the you know the, the angle they're going because they've already kind of done this B and it has done this online where she shows she's unfollowing Will and following Kota abushi and stuff along those lines. I think the better option is she tries to saddle up to Abushi you know, um, and, you know, she's showing that she's following all on her social media. She did a whole Instagram and I think you, whatever posts on, on that of unfollowing Will and following him. And then Kota
0: Ibushi gives her the bastard driver because B Priestley's been using the Kamigoye in stardom.
2: Right. Exactly. Something along those lines. I'm you know, down where, for that. I want to yeah. see it. Yeah, that'd be great. But like it's something along the lines of we we see her. She's trying to say love to him. And then at the end. She, like you said, the second one where she makes—I think it's a mixture of the two—where she makes it look like she's on his side until that last moment, but he's still able to overcome B and Will coming together. Like it was all a, 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 a ruse, a ploy to kind of get him, but he's he's wrestling God now, so he under—he knows what was going to happen, you know. So it's something like she goes to low blow him, and it has no effect because he had a cup on you know um, because he's he murder abush
0: feels no pain.
2: Yeah well that or he antici- he's God so he anticipated this. So he had the cup on and you know I knew we oh, were gonna do this.
0: I got it. B Priestley goes for the low blow, right? Ibushi catches her hand and then comemaguaye's her fucking head
2: off. <laughs> that would be actually pretty cool. <laughs> that would be cool. Too. That would be a killer
0: spot. They'll never do that. But boy, that would be a killer spot.
2: That would be actually pretty cool to do something like that. But I think it's, it's a little bit of those two together, really, where she thinks she's in his head and he makes her think so. But then... You know he knows that what's happening and he stops it and is still able to overcome because I don't think Osprey we're not there yet with no. Osprey. Yeah. No, there, I,
0: there's no way that Abushi's losing that belt
2: to Osprey. Yeah. So, but I think I think a plausible thing is once again to prove his godhood that he is that he is the god of wrestling. He is able to overcome this double double pl- you know what do you um in the this ploy of. You the know, double cross. Uh, it's it's the a double it's cross. a
0: double cross.
2: Yeah, the double cross. There we go. Where that he's able to he, he sees the double play. He's so smart and he knows all and he's able to overcome despite what they think is best laid plans and and everything along those lines and still is able to put will's head you know three feet into the air um into the third row you know from a kamagoye at the end of it so you know that's that's my thought on it the
0: the positive for will osprey is he has jeff cobb on his side and jeff cobb will run like three yards deep and and catch it like a football and then spike it like gronk
2: right exactly exactly (laughs)
0: That's my story, and I'm sticking to it.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I agree. That sounds good to me. Hey, we're just we're just booking the territory. Yeah. There we go. Fuck it. Hey, New Japan, hit us up. We're Gato, good. call me. Yeah, right. <sighs> so um, that's that's all my that's all my view on it. I think it's good. Um, like I said, it's entertainment, guys. It's entertainment. Just enjoy it for what it is. Don't read into things. That's when the problems happen. That's when the struggles. You know. And it, that that's the sad part is it's it's always been meant to be entertainment. So enjoy it for what it is. He
0: is the dad bod god. You can catch him on the smack attack, hackerha mean dot dot com. Why don't you go ahead, put over your social media and whatnot, Mr. Enright, we'll let you get right. out of here and get back to work. All right.
2: So uh, you can follow me on Facebook as John Enright. Just look me up in Weatherford, Texas. You'll see me there. Um, You can find me on Instagram and uh, Twitter as Jay Reezy Men. Uh, I'm actually on TikTok now. So as Jay Reezy Men. Oh, God. Yes. Mostly to troll my son to see what he's doing because I had people like, Have you seen your son's TikTok? And uh, I'm like, No. And so I got it just to kind of see what he's doing and to troll him on some certain things. And then, of course, the kids in our program were like, you know, you need to get a TikTok. So then I'm just being ultra dad and like saying dad jokes and just trying to be whatever. Well, I tell you uh, what,
0: man, you, you post pictures of yourself when you go to the gym and some of the pants that you're wearing. I can just imagine <laughs> what your TikTok looks like. I'm just,
2: oh, it's 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 not that bad. It's it's it's, it's terrifying. a little bit. Tamer. It's yeah, terrifying. well, you know, um, and then, you know, if you want to follow what we're doing um, at the agency, like I said, it's it's Freedom House um, uh, of Parker County and for, on Facebook, uh, on Instagram, same thing, Freedom House of Parker County. Um, also, the youth program that uh, as part of Freedom House is Crossroads, Crossroads Youth Program, and you'll see that they're in Parker County, Weatherford, Texas. That's how you'll know it's us for both Instagram and um, uh, Facebook. And then, if you want to go to our website, it's www.freedomhousepc.org. That has all the information of our agency, our services what we do, um, how to, if you live in Parker County, how you can get help. Uh, or if you wanna contact us to see where you live and you need help for services, we know of other agencies and other areas that you know we can direct you to and, and help you know go, okay, this is a place that we trust that is a good place to go to in your area. We can do that for you. Or if you just like, you know what, I'm tired of saying stupid things and I wanna do something and you wanna support us, you can donate through our website um, there as well. Um, we're doing, we've been in business now for for 25 years in parker county and we're doing a, a a thing where it's 25 for 25 so if you want to do, donate 25 dollars for 25 years if you want to make that a monthly thing if you want to make that a one-time thing or if, hey you're like well you know what i've been kind of a jerk and i've been talking about these things and i haven't done anything about it i want to do you know twenty-five thousand dollars for 25 years for you guys i don't know i'm not i'm not going to put a limit on how on the 25 if you want to put with however many zeros behind it but you know that's a campaign we're doing as well, um, because obviously with COVID, our uh, Texas and 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 the government in general has uh, cut funding for a lot of our agencies around the state and around the country. So you know, um, you know, I know our next budget, we we don't have. Um, like I don't, I'm not getting a raise anytime soon, um, because of some of the costs and they've had to readjust some things just to make sure we can keep our program and, and our agency open. We've had to make some changes and some cuts because of everything going on. So everybody talks about, oh, this stimulus money is great and everything, but yeah, think about where they're taking stuff from. You know, the fact that the government is having to cut from our programs like ours, um, you know, uh, that, that makes a difference. So Hey, if you get that STEMI money and you want to share some love, don't spend it on stupid stuff. Donate to agencies around you uh, because a lot of agencies really, really need it. We could use the help. So that's everything I've got today, Mr. Jargo. Thank you for your time. I appreciate you, your heart for for this and, and just you know the fact that you said, hey, I've, I know what this is like and I want to talk about this. I appreciate it. So yeah, you know, I'm thankful for friends like you.
0: absolutely man and we'll have you on soon and hopefully it'll be a a, a much lighter conversation
2: (laughs) yeah but always fun as always
0: That's going to wrap things up for this special edition of Destino, a New Japan Pro Wrestling Podcast. Thanks for listening, and if you haven't already, please hit that subscribe button, then toss us one of those five-star reviews, help us out in the elbows. Destino is brought to you by our friends over at the HTM Podcast Network, Comedy Media Group, PW Hustle, NDPW.com, and the Rational Rage Network. Find the show online at DestinoPod.com, across all social media at DestinoPod. Keep up with me at my new website, MichaelJargo.com. Very special thanks to Paz and John for joining me on this special edition. I'll be back soon with a full preview of Sakura Genesis. Until then, find us wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts, via Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon, Stitcher, Spotify, Pandora, or iHeartRadio. Enjoy the road to Genesis, ladies and gaijin. I'll be back soon in your ear holes with an all-new episode of Destino, a New Japan Pro Wrestling Podcast. Adios. (laughs)